Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are watching 1959's Ben-Hur. That's right, the big uh, swords and sandals and all that kind of uh, lovely fun uh, taking place in the relatively brief time of almost four hours. Uh, So if you are joining us in watching this film, maybe clear a day. Uh, joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Jason Dolly, everybody. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. How are you, Jace? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm uh, rested, ready to sit for four hours mm. and watch a bloke <laughs> and some horses. So is that is that all that you know about the film? Yeah, that's it. Right. That is literally it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yep. I'm sort of in a similar boat. I yeah. have not seen Ben-Hur either. Um, <laughs> Maybe I, if you had, we might not have been picking it. Quite possibly, we don't know. Well, that, yeah. that's kind of the point: is that this, you know, Ben Hur, um, the the sort of main access I've had to Ben Hur, aside from um, you know seeing the odd clip here and there, yeah. is the phrase "bigger than bigger ben than Ben Hur", because and this, the font being ripped off in Life of Brian. Yeah, uh, but that that's sort of the idea: is that this is at least conceptually. An epic. Yeah. This is like you know we're we're making something big and grand and and just just everything is big. I think that's partly why the font looks like it does. Yeah, it's meant to be like this is a wonder of the mm. world. Yeah, check uh, it. Yeah, at least that's what we think. We don't know. We haven't. No, seen we don't. It. Our guest who has yes. is David Cox. Hello. How this are you? I'm good. Mm. Yeah. Um, David, um, not not to share medical uh, information with the public, but you are due to have your wisdom teeth out in the near oh, future. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, do you think that this will be longer and more tortuous uh, than your upcoming uh, tooth extraction operation? Well, I've seen this film before, mm. and for some reason did not, like, I did not... I did not remember that it was this long. Mm. Like, you're like, hey. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, mm. no. But then again, I did watch it, like, probably 10 years ago. So... Mm. So, like, Stephen was all like, hey, want to watch Ben-Hur? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I looked it up on Wikipedia and I looked at, like, oh, the runtime. and But they did it in minutes. Yeah. And so, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like two and a half hours. Yeah, that's long, but whatever. And then, <laughs> and then we caught up. Yeah. And you're like, it's three hours and 40 minutes. I'm like, ah. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, 212 oh. minutes is not two hours and 12 minutes, which is... Just- <laughs> <laughs> two hours, 12 minutes is, like, Force Awakens time. Yeah. Like... <laughs> 212 minutes is extended Return of the King yeah. levels. Uh, so, have, uh, having seen the film, uh, what else can we expect from it other than just a sheer lot of film? Well, that's the thing. I actually cannot remember half of it, um, unsurprisingly. Like, um, like with a lot of iconic films, there is like one iconic moment and it's near the end. Mm. Like, we found that with Dumbo. We're like, we don't remember so much of this film. Yeah. Remember the end, though. Mm. Um, like, and I'm sure Jason has seen, like, pop culture references 
even if he doesn't connect them to Ben Hur. I, I think a lot of it absolutely have. Yeah, it might be that Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns tries to make the film about himself. Mm. Yeah, uh, because of that. And then there's also, and I guess this is a film that's kind of in comparison, which is the greatest story ever told. Which is um, another biblical ni- epic, nineteen sixty-five. Yeah, biblical epic, sword and sandals. Like, have, have, have either of you guys seen that film? I have not. That is two hundred and sixty minutes. I just looked it up. That's oh longer than this one. It is, and That's yeah, it's the story of Jesus uh, as mm. played by um, uh, Ming the Merciless. Max, oh, really? Max von Sydow. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of course. And yes. Judas is Ducky from NCIS. Oh, really? Yeah, what, I know. Did the, every time Judas comes in, does he, <laughs> does he say tie, some yeah. fascinating Even fact? Ellen's face because of, yeah, Ducky and uh, that. Yeah, the greater, yeah. in the greatest story ever told. It's a... Well, uh, Christ my Lord, uh, yeah. one of the fun things about being lost <laughs> in the desert is that you get dehydrated. Jethro Christ. <laughs> yeah, everyone else just goes, oh, interesting. Interesting, yeah. So what's this body doing? Body? What body? <laughs> <laughs> okay, a thing about this film is like this... This is an iconic film, right? Everyone's like, it's Ben Hur. This is the third Ben Hur. Mm. Not to, not to like Ben Third. Yeah, Ben Third. <laughs> not to like jump on your fun facts. This is actually the third Ben Hur mm. film. There was like a silent one, and then there was one in the thirties or something. There was the nineteen twenty-five silent film, which was Ben Hur: uh, A Tale of the Christ, which and was like nineteen minutes or something. Yeah, like yeah. it's really short. But, that, but that's also <laughs> a silent film. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, they, they didn't have a whole bunch of speeches to throw in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. This 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 film is a remake, technically, of that silent film. Yeah. Um, as well so as this is also the third, so there was another one between them. There was another one two. between them. And the thing is, I've, I think I've seen all three. When I say all three, we're excluding the Morgan Freeman one from 2016. There's a Morgan Freeman one? From- there's, oh, there there's is, one in yes. 2016. Yeah, I they, do remember they, that. They made now. it. Um, presumably shorter. But the thing is, like, part of me is like, I'm remembering plot points and I don't remember which, which one of, the, of the three movies it's in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is going to be a fun time. Yeah. Oh, I think we're already going now. a little insane. Yeah. Just, just with the fear of a 212-minute film. Well, I mean, it might be good. That's that's the thing. True. As like, we... th- this is a film that everybody knows. So. Uh, not, not only does everyone know it, like there's a reason that I think it is it, it, it is referenced and that it is um, so well-known. And it's probably because... Uh, it, it it achieved something. Like, yeah. I, you know, people talk about it and they don't talk about it as being like, oh, it ruined Charlton Heston's career. Like, obviously, it, it did something, something right. Whether, yeah, and sometimes, I guess to the flip side or, or to counter that point, sometimes whatever does it the first gets the credit, even if it never did it the best. Mm. So... You know, we'll have to see. And maybe I'm also quite worried because the last sword and sandals thing you made me watch was John Carter. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to predict that this is at least slightly better than John Carter. Um, but we we'll have to find out. Uh, are you guys ready to watch Ben Hur? That we are. <sighs> All right. Okay, then. I am. I am. I'm sorry. I don't want to speak for you, David. Oh, it's going to be such a long day. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, for those of you joining us at home... Um, Godspeed. Thank, yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> um, uh, pop in your DVDs, probably multiple, and um, strap on your adult diapers as we prepare to watch Ben Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Ben-Hur. Yes, all of it. Uh, it is still the same day, just about. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined once again by Jason Dolby. Hey. And David Cox. What's up? So, Jason. 
Yeah. That was your first time watching Ben-Hur. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> it could be shorter. Mm-hmm. But I've also gotten used to the fact that you tend to invite me onto the super long podcast. Yeah, some, I don't know why that keeps Yeah, you've given, you gave me Titanic, you gave me Amadeus, mm. you gave me this... Yeah. Well, uh, compared to those other films, then, because this is longer yeah, than longer than than any of those films, bigger than Ben Hur. Well, did, no, it is the exact same length. as Ben-Hur. It is the exact same length as Ben Hur. But um, how, uh, did it feel like it was three and a half hours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It wasn't a. I mean, three three and a half hours isn't bad, mm. but at the same time, like you could have made this a good good sharp. I think they invented um, pacing in what nineteen sixty one. From memory? Mm. No, probably not. Uh, look, yeah. I, I have to agree as a first-time watcher as well. Uh, this this film is is too long. Um, yeah. Not not yeah. that it's bad. It's yeah. just that there's too much much of it. Of it. And yeah. I also I also think, arguably though, we, we we're looking at this film on its you know 60th anniversary of its release. Mm. The way that we tell our grand epic films yeah. is very different, and it has progressed. You compare this to something like. Avengers Endgame, Endgame yeah. which is kind of, I suppose, the modern equivalent of an epic, and mm. they pack a heck of a lot more into, into that time a lot period. Less, yeah. Whether or not it's of the same quality or not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> David, uh, how was it revisiting this for the first time in a while? Uh, I mean, it was fun. Um, how, how did I sit through this as like a yeah, teenager? Yeah, ten, like, ten, how did I? Yeah, ten year younger <laughs> David, I don't imagine was really able to sit I, through it. It must have been in multiple sittings. Yeah. Damn. Or damn. Re- really, really rainy day. Yeah. Like, so rainy, all the lepers were cured. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, look, this is, it's long. Mm. It's not surprising. We all knew it was long. Yeah, I messaged it. my um, wife uh, during this as well. And she asked me how it's going. I'm like, it's like watching a, like marathoning a season of Game of Thrones or something mm. like that, especially like the later six hour, like, you know, six hour ones, yeah. the six episode ones. And I think it is interesting that it does feel almost episodic. Yeah. In- like it's like now it's his adventures, you know, being Ben Hur with his mate mm. and then getting, you know, his mate going kind of full Robert Baratheon on him. Yeah. And then. Yeah. And then it's now it's time for the bit in the ship with the oily men. And now it's the time for the bit where he's. I also feel like they, they cut a chunk out. Like, I wouldn't have mind to see some of the races that he won for the first time. Rather yeah, than everyone just going, oh, that 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 um, young Arius, he's, he's a good racer. Yeah, you get told, yeah, oh, yeah, he's won five races already. Yeah. This guy's great. He always wins. Yeah. Such a weird omission. They're like, yeah, we'll show so yeah. much in detail. Or it's like, I'm just Not gonna, this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to come up to like my enemy and just say, I challenge you to this thing I'm really good at. You've not been proven to be good or not in. And we're going to have a fight and that's it. No build up. Like you've got to get to the grand final to finally face Messina. Mm. Mis- Masala. 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 Yeah. Sorry, Messina's a place. Yes. Um, it's just, it's, it's an odd build. Like we would have had, like also this film is ripping off Gladiator a lot. I think you'll find uh, it's the other way around. No, no. <laughs> I, I think you did Gladiator first. Therefore. True, true. We did review. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You kind of broke Carmen's mind with that too. There are so many films yeah. Um, that this that I realise are evocative of Ben Hearn now yeah. having seen it. Uh, obviously, Life of Brian we yeah. mentioned before. Um, so many times we're watching this and wanting to go like, "Well, he's Brian." Yeah, Brian. <laughs> uh, but but Star Wars, Star Wars, yeah. Particularly A New Hope, and yeah. um, and, and specifically <laughs> also Phantom Menace yeah. in the pod racing. Yeah, now that's chariot racing. <laughs> um, but but I think it's interesting that 
it, it does seem to have um, been such a big influence. And I'm sort of curious as to why that is. Is it just because that it was technically superb in terms of particularly for the time period? I think it may be due to the fact that it was the bigger and best. I think um, I remember a teacher once telling me, like, there's a reason that kind of post-World War II in Hollywood if you think of all the big films from then, it is, they're all religious epics mm. because I think a lot of people have come back from war or suffered from war and they're trying to kind of make sense of the world and this level of uh, religious epicism, don't know if epicism is a word, mm. but this kind of, the epic religious film is a way to do it, which is why you have uh, the Ten Commandments, the greatest story ever told, this, mm. Ben-Hur, um, all those kinds of things, and which is why it gets set up to be knocked down in Life of Brian as well. Like the religious epic was a big film. It was essentially, I mean, I say this about a lot of things, but it was probably their superhero films of the time. Like this was the big thing that got butts in seats. It got yeah. a lot of things to happen. Well, it was, it's that, it's musicals, it's action films, hmm. it's different things all the time. I mean, it's the spectacle, and this film does have... And it's it's a good spectacle, yeah, the, when it's doing spectacle. Yeah, like the, the chariot race sequence, though... That's great. ...long, is yeah. really, is great. Like I would have loved it to be longer, or have a few more chariot fights. Mm. Races, fights. Uh, fights is appropriate for what Masala was doing. <laughs> little stabby-stabby yeah. things. Um, and it's very well executed, it's very tense. Uh, one of the things that we noticed, though, is the action sequences didn't have music yeah and the music is, yeah. was reserved for all the pomp and circumstance and like ah here is the emotional beats but then when it came to the fight on the bow or all the chariot race the music is almost um well it's absent yeah, oh, yeah. and it feels weird in its absence um it's to- a different era i guess they're mm. like no why would you interrupt the sound of horses galloping and, like yeah. the whipping or is it or is it an attempt to kind of make it Make it feel real. Mm. Like everything else gets pomp and circumstance because it's got, uh, it's trying to bring emotion across. Like, you know, mm. this person is sad or yeah. this person is cross. Or this person is the emperor. No, no, this person like... is the emperor. Yeah, yeah, this guy's Tiberius. Um, but then when it's battles, it's like, nope, you're just focused on like the the battle, like the, the pure, raw angriness of it like you know just which is you know not that great because there weren't that great at choreography it's run run hit hit sword kind of wipe across front of the other guy's stomach that other guy's now dead he's down um and Wilhelm so Wilhelm scream Wilhelm scream yeah if yeah if you're lucky which wasn't in this film no no Wilhelm scream is later on isn't Wilhelm scream like this oh no wait it was the Wilhelm scream that is Actually, f- it's, it's from an old um it's very old yeah. yeah if anybody doesn't know what the Wilhelm scream is I'm gonna make Stephen do something and put it in now, but that yeah, noise, but... Um, it was, it was, it's popularized from Star Wars because everything mm. is and it um, copied it from things. But it's literally, I think someone found it in a sound archive as man being eaten by crocodile. No, it's a, I think it's a man getting hit by an arrow. I think it's the first one. Okay, yeah, I heard crocodile, like, but yeah. Um, there's like an exhibit in Melbourne in Acme, I think it's called. Yeah, Acme, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have like a montage of the Wilhelm scream. Oh, throughout which, cinema. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Like, you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is hilarious. And then yeah. you go to turn to like the thing next to the Wilhelm scream um, screen, then you're like, oh, I could, it's still on loop. I can still hear it. And it's just <laughs> like, I've just been experiencing <laughs> 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 And then it starts to wear thin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
Ben-Hur. Uh, yeah. the, the story itself... Doesn't have a Wilhelm scream. Let's yeah. keep talking about it. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> That's a star off for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Ben-Hur, um, the story, such as it is, is... Uh, mm. There's this guy called uh, Judah Ben-Hur. He's a young, up-and-coming guy living in Judea, but it's been... Rich, o- richy, rich kind yeah, of kid. Yeah, but it's been occupied by the Romans, and the Romans are... Walking around like they own the place cause because they, they could do. They, they, yeah. And uh, childhood friend uh, Masala is is a Roman and has become uh, the centurion the, uh, tribune. 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 Yeah. yeah, he's in charge of a legion. Yeah, and they have a bit of a falling out over their political differences, and uh, then of course, uh, hilarity ensues when. Um, <laughs> Terza, um, Ben's sister, sister yeah. almost accidentally kills um, the, the new governor. The new governor by uh, causing a roof tile to slip and f- make him fall off his horse. And I think it's really interesting the dynamic between Ben and uh, Masala at the beginning. At the beginning. Now, there is one thing that this film has absolutely oodled, <laughs> and it is homosexual subtext this yes. this might be so gay. the gayest non-gay <laughs> film ever made um and it's it I, I don't know if it's just the reading that we have in the modern day yeah I or if it was meant to be subtle like you know the good god-fearing christian people would be like mm-hmm. yep there's two people looking long at each other and then there's a picture of the two like spears that they shoved into a wall together just kind of dangling there it's like, yeah that is I can't imagine what that's meant to be apart from symbolise their brotherhood. But well, I, obviously <laughs> it was meant to imply that they were close. But yeah. you look at how we tell those sort of romantic stories between uh, characters of the same gender in modern media. Yeah, and it kind of looks like what's happening between Ben and Masala. And then there was also just the fact there was a lot of um, just. Men get massaged and oiled. A lot of fit dudes sweaty around the boat. Men. Yeah, yes. sweaty men. The scene on the boat. Where the boat. The, um, the boat is very. The uh, console order. His name is um, um, Arius. Arius. Yeah. It's like row faster, <laughs> row faster. Also, also, later he gets. You know, Ben Hur gets to call him daddy, which yeah, <laughs> yeah just is, adds even yeah. more to it. Get it to ramming speed. Yeah, yeah ramming. it's just like whip him. Oh, yeah. This is. A hel- kind of almost hilariously camp film, but everyone is taking it very seriously. Seriously, yeah. And I think that's maybe one of the biggest inspirations <laughs> for Life of Brian is yeah. they'd have been watching this. I can imagine John Cleese and Eric Idle just turning to each other and going, "This is this is really gay. This is, let's we can really send we can, this. We can up. play on this, yeah." yeah. Um, but that that bond between Ben and Masala, away from the gay text yeah, slash subtext. Yeah. I thought was actually a really interesting um, performance from from the two, the two of them. Yeah, yeah. They, they both they both got points to it, and it like it is the driving force of the entire film. Even when you start to forget that it's the driving force of the entire film, is mm. their their brotherhood in the end. Like they both feel betrayed by each other. Yeah, um, kind of one more than the other, but both of them. One's like, well, you're not helping me do this. Well, you're not helping me do that. It's and that's that's it's a nice. Nice story, really. Like you, you see it a lot. You of these two people who were the close friends who become the directly bitterest enemies. Like, mm. like um, Charles Xavier and Magneto. Star Wars, Star Wars. yeah, <laughs> Anakin and Obi Wan. Although, you know, I, I would say Ben Hur very much did it better than than Star Wars. Mm. No, that's fair. Yeah, but um, it's it is interesting because it, it it does feel as though again this obviously influenced something like Gladiator, and I'm sat there going, are they? Is this going to go full, you know, whacking Phoenix? Um, yeah. in in the Colosseum, and it, it does a little bit. It does. That, that was what I meant. Like you know, in in Gladiator, he he works his way up to being able to fight the Emperor. While in this one, it's like, 
first first horse race is last horse race is yeah. only horse race um and guy dies mm. like you i assume probably anybody else would have gone all right the horse racing is the thing kind of treat it like a sports movie mm. have the build up to get to the prize rather than being the prize being this it's like I'm not. I'm not sure. Like, was his idea always just to beat him, or was it to stab him? Like, mm. was he trying to? Or like, was he entering this fight just to kill Masala? Masala. Yeah. Um, but then again, he doesn't seem to have a plan apart from just race really fast. Is his way to kill him? I mean, he kind of almost more inadvertently kills him because mm. Masala's going at him so much. Yeah. And I, I guess it's one of those things that, as a viewer, we watch it and we go, Masala is going to have his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realise it was going to be delivered in quite the way that it was. Um, mm. And the, the the scene of him being trampled was a bit funny because it's very... <laughs> it's, it's obviously a model. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very but at certain points, like, when he goes under the wheel, he's like, oh, whoa, okay. And yeah. then like, then he's like hanging on and he's normal again. And then it's like, like you know, he should have been squashed from the beginning. Yeah. Like, he should not have survived any of that. And then when he's lying on the ground, he's kind of like... Like, he just looks tired yeah. with some cuts on him. And then it cuts back to him before he gets his legs amputated and he is in a bad state. Yeah, when when he's doing his, his death scene. His the death, death scene's great. It is a, it's a great... And particularly, you know, it's almost like, again, to evoke Star Wars, it's like Yoda's um, death scene, mm. but, like, with a revenge twist where it's like... Yeah, where it's like, I'm you pissed you're about to die. She's a leper. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Look, Ben-Hur goes off, has these adventures, finds a daddy, as you say, in, um, <laughs> in Quintus Arius. Um, uh, but- I like how Quintus... Quintus was kind of an interesting character. Like, we joked about it to start with because we didn't know how important certain characters were when they mm. get introduced. But how he's just staring at everybody rowing. You're like, you're getting something from this, aren't you? Like, mm. what's meant to be going on here? And it's obviously meant to be he's impressed just by Ben-Hur? Well, it, it's also the fact that he's someone who we find out quite a bit into the film has lost a son. Mm. And I feel that the fact that they didn't mention that was, Until a, was, after, a, was yeah. a weird choice. I don't know. Did, did that read for you, David, as being a bit weird? That whole transition from, oh, I've saved his life to, oh, you're now my adopted son and mm. also an excellent horse racer. And I, lo- <laughs> and I love you more than anything for I have yeah. lost it. Like that, it's like that we, skip, whole we skipped scene, an episode. It's like, mm. wait, how many years have we lost? Like, wait, what? Yeah, they always say it's three years. It's three years. It's three years. Then that jump happens and then they never reestablish yeah, how much longer it is. Because you didn't go win five races in like, like, you know, a long week. Hmm. Yeah. Like, he obviously had to do it over years to actually win and keep winning and so on. So it's like... Which is a... It's a, it's like, a different yeah. different take. And, like, he's he's basically wants Ben-Hur to be, like, a gladiator. Yeah. To just, like, fight for him. And then he's like, actually... Son. Son. <laughs> yeah. You, you fought and won my heart. <laughs> In a way, it's um, for... for fans of um, Elizabethan theatre, it's a lot like uh, Pericles, Pericles by, yeah. by um, Shakespeare, which is one of the weirder Shakespeare's. Um, and I uh, accidentally am wearing a Pericles show shirt today. I didn't realise there were so many connections. Uh, just showing it off there. Okay, yep. Um, Pericles is a similar kind of story where it's about this young... Um, well, essentially, same as Ben-Hur, somebody who is young and in a position of power, but then I think from memory he gets shipwrecked and hangs out with some pirates for a bit. And Pericles is a story that's told over 20 years, and he gets like shipwrecked multiple times. And he just does all of this <laughs> random stuff happen, kind of like in Ben-Hur, mm. which I, I kind of feel like the problem with that um, for both Pericles and for this film 
I don't feel like I really made a connection with Ben Hur as a character. No, it was more like it's it's events that are happening around this guy who's not changing, mm. and that's that's a hard thing to kind of pull off. Mm. He has to struggle with the world, but doesn't reflect any like doesn't change like you know Ben Hur is the same at the beginning at the end, more or less uh. he's just bitterer. I yeah, know, at the start but, he's like, I abhor violence, and at the end he's like, I'm gonna ah! kill people. <laughs> but the thing that I think is really interesting is that he does have change, but it comes so late in the film. Yeah, it's and it literally is, when he's arguing with um, Essa, Esther, Esther, yeah, yeah. yeah, his wife, who was not he granted freedom, freedom, to marry save, save, else. save wife, who does not seem happy about that fact. Yeah, did you? Yeah, oh, the romance between those two. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, she all, she's, she's like, like, mm. re, like recoiling as he goes to kiss her. Like, it's mm. just yeah. weird. It's... Actually, we asked Ellen when she was here. Like, you know, nobody really ever tends to make their first kiss a grab on each shoulder and then pull in. Mm. Or even like there's another point when they're arguing and then they go to kiss and he holds her hands up. I'm yeah, like, like that is a hand up against the too wall. much. It's yeah. kind of like, ugh, guys. Yeah, especially after an argument. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 not. Um... It's almost as if he's not into women that much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> doesn't kinda... understand. Yeah, it's like, well, I roughhouse with Masala like this all the time and he doesn't mind. Ramming speed. Yeah. God, yeah, honestly. <laughs> or maybe it's misogyny. <laughs> yeah. Could be either. Um, could be both. Why not have both? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, it's... I, did, I didn't necessarily believe that relationship. I don't think it's a bad performance from Charlton Heston. No, no. I mean, there's, there's ways those performances can work in terms of the character never changing and just forcing the world to change, which kind of doesn't even do that, mostly because... Jesus makes the world change and he just gets to kind of live in it. Mm. But like characters where they stay the same and the world needs to bend around them because they've moved on in the world and they're trying to bring their old ways into the new world. You know, the best example of that is kind of the Captain America movies. Mm. He doesn't change. Nothing about that guy changes apart from literally physically once. Yeah. He gets a beard. He gets a bit. Well, not even that. He just gets bigger. He goes from skinny Steve Rogers to big Steve mm. Rogers. But he's the same. And, you know, you can tell that story really well. But probably, you know, this one wasn't as good as it could have been or he could have done something more to reflect. Mm. And we also just don't know. Like the big question, especially by Pilot in this film, Pontius Pilot, mm. is he says, look, you can either, you know, live in the fantasy world that you kind of want to live in mm. or live in the real world and actually know that, you know, for now, Rome's in charge. You want to get by in this world, you just got to accept that fact. Mm. Did he? Did he not? I don't know. He just kind of got... Is his no. mum and daughter back? Yeah, he got sidetracked. And then by he's. A thing, I mean, he gave the ring back, but then the, even after that, that's when Pilate says, "Look, you can be Roman, you can be not Roman, whatever. Hmm. Like, you know, you've got to make that decision. One's going to lead one way, one's going to lead another. And it's like, well, we didn't kind of find out what his choice was. I feel he, like he, it feel it feels like he was leading towards that, and it's not even like a an Inception ending where it's like, well, he could have taken either. He could be in the real world or in the fantasy world. Hmm. It's just kind of like I guess he's. Probably with the um, is the Judeans, yeah. But that would be about it. Like he never says, "I'm with the Judeans," or now I'm off to go and thing. It's oh, my parents, oh, my mum and my sister's back, which I... is a nice ending for him because that's all he's wanted. Yeah. But in terms of the greater, grander, like where he goes from here, uh, it's something we've noticed. I think I've noticed in a lot of the older films you watch. Mm. This is kind of like, all right, main points over. We're not wrapping anything else up. The end. I just, yeah, I just feel like his whole issue with, like, before he's like, yeah, I know I've been colonized, the Judean people have been taken over by the Romans, but, you know, I'll be nice to this Roman. 
And then when it all goes wrong and he loses his mother, that's that's all the the vengeance that he has. And I suppose once he gets her back, he's just like, oh, cool. I'm a happy subject. I can, yeah. I can. I, is he a happy subject, or is it like, all right, time I, to lead the rebellion? Yeah, it's, mm. no. Which one's he doing there? Like, I think this, he's he's just kicking back on his heels. But yeah, is what it feels like. He's, it feels like. Well, he's I'm rich. Yeah, I'm he's rich. a massive landowner, and now he has his mum. I'm a rich. I'm a rich landowning Christian. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got it sorted. I can just relax. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost as though that I vic- worry about putting the eye of a camel through things later. Yeah, the the, the victory is um is finding. God, God or finding his faith through through Jesus and seeing yeah. him be sacrificed, which is our resolution. Yeah, uh, but I, I, yeah I mean, it's probably the best yeah. resolution for the people watching the film at the time. Mm. We, I think maybe more modern, want the socio-political answer to where he goes from yeah. here. Um, um, given rather than just going, well, he got his faith. Hmm. Uh, this Have either of you seen any of the earlier Ben-Hur movies? I have not. No. Okay. Um, they're... When talking about rebellion, it's brought up a key distinction. Um, I can't remember if it's like the 1907 one or the 1925 one, um, but Ben-Hur like sees that Jesus is getting crucified and he's like, oh shit, I actually really like this guy. He doesn't deserve to die. Mm. And rallies an army. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna like save Jesus. And then he... <laughs> gets to like the the crucifixion and i think jesus like said something like don't worry about it my son or like forgive them or something mm-hmm. but like he basically is like sees the light of god he's like oh wait so the Violet- judean people front crack suicide squad comes in yeah he's just like hang on they wait. create a judean people's front and yeah. <laughs> actually go for it he's like violence is splinter <laughs> and decides like to disband the army and then just not kill all the Romans and let Jesus die because he realized that there is like a point to it all. Um, and, and in this one, he's just like, oh, 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 that sucks. Oh, damn. I should go and help, but... <laughs> I'll give him water give and... Him water. You know I mean, you know... I'd be sad, but, but I mean, yeah. But that also ties into his, I guess, redemption. It ties into the fact that obviously Jesus gave him the water, but it also ties into the fact that he says to Esther, you know with his voice, he took the sword from my hand. And it is about that sort of compassion and forgiveness. Yeah, which yeah. I guess he kind of does that, just without the army thing, which is probably, you know, I would say for something that was either 1907 or 1925, the idea of get the army in and then we'll sort out the problem. Probably pretty popular. Probably not so popular after World War Two. Hmm. Also, hmm. like... Not very realistic. Like, where are all these people just sitting yeah, around? Yeah, like, you're right. You are right. We should go risk life and limb, uh, rich, uh, rich aristocrat. Yes. He literally calls himself an aristocrat a few times, too. Hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think it's good. Should we talk about the, um, the Jesus cameos? Well, I mean... That beautiful it, it, L'Oreal ad. It, yeah, he has amazing <laughs> hair. That's the first thing we can say. That's um, all we know about him. He could be cousin It for all we know for the rest of him. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is interesting how how they chose to depict Jesus in this film. He is literally like ethereal in yeah. a way, which is which is probably not a bad way to approach it. Yeah, but it, it's also interesting how it, it kind of felt like, I, I guess a little bit like, it's like, you know, he's a celebrity from the times. So, you know, it's like in, uh, I guess, the third Indiana Jones where he bumps into Hitler and Hitler, Hitler. does the <laughs> autograph. Or, you know, any film that's set in a previous time period where it's kind of like, oh, is that Marilyn Monroe, Monroe walking over down there? the street? Yeah. Hey, you know, that kind of thing. Did um, you just compare Jesus to, Marilyn to Monroe Hitler to and Hitler? Marilyn Monroe? 
I, I can compare him to many things. Uh, you know, it's like... Uh, what, what? Only as a narrative device. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to go to this patent office. Albert Einstein, Einstein what are you doing here? here? I'll, pick, I'll pick more positive roles. Yeah. Um, I think at one point I joked that when you couldn't see Jesus' face, it's a bit like how you can't see Thanos's in the first Avengers because they hadn't cast him properly yet. So mm. I've compared him to Thanos, so I don't think I'm doing much better. Yeah. Um, But I think it is interesting how the tale itself, the original book it's based on from the 1880s, has that subtitle of, um, you know, Christ being in it. It is a religious story about finding uh, faith through Christianity. And I think it's interesting that even one of the older films has that subtitle as well. This is just Ben-Hur. And I almost feel as though that's dropped a little bit because it's not necessarily about Christianity being the best. It's about faith being, being important. Yeah, I still think, obviously, you know, the Christian thing is still shown as being like, hey, this guy's pretty good. Uh, and, you know, hey, Christianity, this seems all right. Yeah. But it, it read to me, at least, as though this was more a film about faith where Christianity was the example. The example of faith. faith, yeah. 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 That's, at least that's how I read it. I think, I think, yeah, they would have. You, yeah, I think you can look at it. I think back in the time it was on. No, no, no. Christianity is the faith, mm. but you know that's probably a thing. But I think you can read it more about, yeah, the being a man of faith is the positive side of things. And I think keeping um, Jesus's face out of it, I actually quite liked it. I thought, mm. even though it was a bit over the top, and it kind of was, it was a mostly naturalized film for the time before those bits. And then when you see him, you're like, okay, this is, it's gotten odder. Would you say? I think in a way Mm. that, you know, you can't see this guy's face and he's doing these odd things. But at the same time, the story of Jesus is about a man being odd and kind of being weirdly not outside the world, but this kind of deific. And that's how people in the world, not of the world. Yeah. I guess so. I'll take that. Mm. <laughs> but even that, and then when Kazesta, um, the girlfriend, she really gets into the whole um, on the Jesus train really quickly. Yeah. Like you don't Have see you heard the good news. Yeah, yeah. She literally like goes knocking on doors. <laughs> yeah, she goes door knocking in the, in the Valley of the Lepers, but they don't have doors, so she's just running up to people. Yeah, so. going, hey guys, don't worry. There's this great guy called Jesus. I, I've, and when she she goes yeah. and touches them, going, oh, he'll cure you. He'll cure me later, I guess. Yeah, and it is really interesting because I that this is. It's kind of just interesting timing for me. I saw the Book of Mormon the other day on stage, which is obviously a very different look at religion. Um, And it does feel interesting how, for for me at least, her immediate acceptance of like the teachings of Christ from that one sit down on the hill um, did feel a bit kind of sudden and not a positive trait. Yeah, it was like, was it a bit cultish? Well, I mean, it literally is a it's cult. cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. At, the, at, the, at this time, you know, Christianity was a... Uh, was, Ju- was a Jewish cult. Yeah, yeah, it was a Jewish splinter group. You know, mm. they, they were the splitters. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, it's gone on and become a massive religion in the world. And yeah. we know that as the viewer watching it today, you know, watching it going like, oh, yeah, of course, of course it makes sense that she'd immediately be taken in because Christianity is a religion that's always been around. But mm. in terms of the, the sense of the world, it just seemed really weird for her to suddenly be like, oh, I heard this speech from this one guy with amazing hair on a hill. And now I'm going to go touch lepers who everyone else reviles. It, mm. it feels... For reasons. Yeah, it, it just feels... It's important for the story to advance, but it feels strange. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think it's... 
But at the same time, you know, they're just, it's, it's, I think they're just hand waving, really, like winning the five races, being, you know, yeah. being mm. convinced by Jesus. They're both things that you just go, okay, you just, you've got them. You're mm. fine. You're good. We can only, like, cram so, so much. So much into three and a half we, yeah, hours. Yeah, there's only so much you can win in three and a half hours. Like, you know, we've got mm. like a six and a half minute overture. At yeah, the and, and then start. 13 minutes until we actually get to the point. Mm. But also, it's that show the birth of Christ. That's really yeah. important. <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, would this this film would have been almost better had they just gone, you know, all right, twenty six AD. Mm-hmm. Um, here we are. We're meeting uh, Masala and mm-hmm. the other guy who was in charge before Masala, and that's it. Like, they, I don't know why they felt the need to do overture, birth of Christ, um, explanation, credits, yeah. start the film. Yeah, I, in a way. I almost feel that this film could have learned something from Zombieland. Where <laughs> I don't think I don't think it could have actually, Steve. Well, no, okay, but te- technically not. But it's just because we've covered it recently on the on the show. Yeah. Um, the cameo of Bill Murray, who I am now comparing to Jesus, uh, who is in that film, uh, is yeah. kind of more impactful because it's not mm. flagged by no, and that was by it. the fact we don't see Bill Murray's birth <laughs> at the beginning of Zombieland, just or just just showing like Ghostbusters, yeah. Um, um, whereas you know I, some of his frat house movies, <laughs> but at the same time, I suppose that kind of makes sense because this film Garfield. is about it, it, it is about the life of Jesus. That is yeah. important, and he is a crucial element to the to plot. it. But almost like I, I would have okay. This is modern Jason trying to rewrite a yeah. 60, 70? 60. 60 year old film, yeah. You know, film older than my parents. And, mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, like, you know, would it have been better just to, like, would the first appearance of Jesus be better as... Waterboy? As Waterboy. Yes, the... <laughs> now you're comparing him to Adam Sandler. <laughs> Look, Jesus is a very comparable character. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Um, but... I, su- I suppose even the way they depict him, because we don't see his face, yeah. it allows you to preserve your image of Jesus. Of what Jesus is. Provided yeah. he's white. Uh, but still, yeah. um, it allows you to preserve whatever sort of Jesus you yeah, have Yeah, like the, you know, in the greatest story ever told, they have to give him a face. Yeah. Mostly because you've got four and a half hours with the guy, so mm. you're going to have to get used to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with this, I think it is, it's, it's a, you can put whatever you want in there, like a, like a video game protagonist. Hmm. Don't you show s- him that much. Are you, you saying that you Jesus is Master Chief? Master Chief. Or, <laughs> Mario. Uh, yeah, Mario. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, a me, a Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gordon Freeman. Chell. I'm mm. finishing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Dragonborn. <laughs> mm. Hey, actually, the, the Dragonborn's a bit more of an easier one to yeah. kind of do. Yeah, you can actually change what you want. Mm. If you could make Jesus a Khajiit, yes, yeah, that well, then he'd have eight more lives. And then like, yeah, <laughs> it, would, it would explain a lot more. Yeah, untitled goose, <laughs> untitled Christ, just stealing, <laughs> just flipping over tables in the yeah, temple. Yeah, no, that would be it. It's just the temples. It's just the temple where he, um, you know, my house should be a house of prayer. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> Blessed are the honk. Um, Blessed are the mischief makers. Yeah. Dedicated sermon button. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it's um, I, I think it's a really interesting depiction, and I think the other thing that works really well um, is that it's respectful without being pandering. And I think yeah, that's yeah. Some, that's something that you can get in certain films where the the, the deity that is depicted, uh, particularly if it's obviously a real deity mm. um, or, or somebody related in that sense, can be quite... Um, other other depictions of Jesus Christ can be quite sycophantic and, yeah, and kind yeah. of 
spoil the film in a sense. This, I kind of feel, was more within the, uh, I guess, the the spirit of what the film was trying to push, which is about forgiveness and generosity. And redemption. And I thought this was the perfect way to depict Jesus in in that sense. Yeah, I'd agree. I completely agree. I think think there's nothing you'd really want to change if you gave him a face, if you made him mm. Max von Sydow. Yeah. Speaking of faces, uh, Blackface appears oh, in this hey, film. Hey, uh, what which, a transition. Yeah, um, which was surprising and then not surprising. <laughs> um, the character of the Sheikh, um, Sheikh Ilderim, who turns up uh, partway through the film to be like, hey, horse racing's cool. Maybe you should try that, Ben-Hur. Um, oh, I'm already good at that. Um Welsh guy pretending to be yeah. Arabic. Yeah, it's, it was. They had so many like different ethnicities in this film. Yeah, at, like just in the background, like the Magi were racially diverse, and then they're like, ah, oh, I guess we'll just have to cast a Welsh guy. Yeah, mm. exactly. And then just lather him with a very inconsistent skin tone. <laughs> mm. I mean, Hugh Griffith is obviously like a fine actor, and it, it, he won ca- a, you said he won the Academy Award. He got the Academy Award for this performance. For this, performance, for, yeah. this... for essentially treating these horses as his children and then cheering while the pod race is happening. Oh, That's also, oh, oh, he had to walk. In, he had to walk in and start threatening. Naked Romans with money. Yeah, there is that. There is that. That's a, uh, more that's a eroticism. Weird, yeah, that was a weird scene. Yeah. Also, he couldn't take his clothes off, I think, at that point, because then it might show. That was too much in the makeup budget. Yeah, They've already the... <laughs> made massive sets. I did say at one point, I'm like, I'm not sure if they're making him less deliberately darker if I'm just getting mm. used to You're it. Getting used to I think it. I was getting used yeah. to it, which is kind of worse. And it's one of those things that we look at it and we, I think we're all pretty much in agreement by the, the noises we made when we first saw it, of like, it's mm. just not necessary. No. It is like, you could have had, if you really wanted Hugh playing that character, you just have him playing that character with his skin tone. Like, yeah. You know, and it's kind of like that. Shake is a white Welsh guy. Well, like, I was comparing it to... There are um, other white guys Salah, this, yeah. the, um, the Middle Eastern character in um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Who, I mean, I was convinced for a long time just was you know, an English colonizer who just really fell in mm. for a while because it's played by, you know, Gimli, son of Gloin. Yeah. Um, was it John? John, John Reese davis John Reese davis yeah. yeah, I was going to say Jonathan Reese myers That's mm. no. Yeah, different guy. Different guy. <laughs> very different guy. But yeah, that kind of thing. That, like, you know, feels a bit less bad because it's like, you know, he's just there. Well, he's, he's not in blackface. He's not in blackface. They've not, they've not tried to, like, change his ethnicity, which, mm. again, is something that, I just don't know when that was right. You know, it's that, it's that thing of... of what kind was of, then? Well, but that's the only character that is, like, notable in the film that they've done that with. Yeah, because he has mates around him, and they are very much clearly of Middle Eastern descent. Yeah, and it's like, if that's important, just cast someone who yeah. can do a Welsh accent, if that's really what you want. <laughs> yeah. If you really want that kind of, like, you know, um, uh, sort of Swansea vibe to this, to this <laughs> horse-racing yeah. millionaire, then then by all means, just get someone who is from that area who can do yeah. that kind of accent or something. It's a fine performance, but it is really jarring. Mm. I don't feel like he should have won an Oscar. Like, no, I but I, I think, think he was... he's in the film for long enough. Like, no. He's not that important. It's a really long film. He was probably in it for about 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. and we just didn't know. <laughs> but compared to everybody else, we're like, you know, Boat Daddy was in it for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Emperor Tiberius was uh, probably like, in it shorter, okay. but you felt... Yeah. Masala, though. Like, the yeah. guy who plays him, I felt, was more compelling. He was very compelling. He has yeah. way more... Like, like a, he was the better... The, yeah. he, he should have won. Like, were we just giving an Oscar for best 
supporting actor in this film. Did, hmm. did it like, might have been him. Yeah, or did, it might have. I think. Did I, he just have some dirt on the judges? Was it, is it like a Leonardo DiCaprio thing where he's like long overdue? He, he needs like, it. He's he, <laughs> just he's, give it to him. <laughs> yeah, he's been turned down so much. I think, if I'm honest, I think he was meant to be the. He's he was kind of also the comedy relief character. Like, for lack of a better word. Like, yeah. he was the funny one that I think the audience was meant to laugh with and like. Like, he treats his kids like that. He's telling them to come in like they're shy children. <laughs> Maybe that's a joke from back then. I'm really kind of clasping at straws here. But I think he's... He was probably... You know, you were meant to see him as very positive. He's the second adopted father figure of Ben-Hur in this, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's the one who kind of gives him the plan and does the thing. He's... He's Omar Jalili's character in Gladiator mm. as well. Just, you know, I mean, Omar Jalili would be great for that part as well, but, you know, wasn't born probably yet. Omar, at that uh, point. His dad. Just his, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his dad. Yeah. yeah Om Dad Jalili. Yeah, Mr. Jalili. Um, yeah. Just having a look at the other films that were around at the time. So, so yeah, Hugh what Griffith, was he? What did he beat? Hugh, Hugh Griffith won for playing uh, Sheik Ilderim. Uh, he was up against Arthur O'Connell in Anatomy of a Murder, George C. Scott in Anatomy of a Murder. Oh. Robert Vaughan from The Young Philadelphians and Ed Wynn from The Diary of Anne Frank. Oh, Ed Wynn? Yeah. Okay. So there's some good actors in yeah, there. Up no. against, and look, Hugh's perfectly fine as mm. an actor. It's just, I guess we just look, it, it's it's very much a, a contemporary thing. Whether we just naturally just go, ah, no. Yeah. Not that. Not that. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Charlton Heston did win an Academy Award for this role as uh-huh. well. Um, and what did? How much else did Ben-Hur win? A best film? Well, fun, funnily enough, Ben-Hur... Um, did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we talking like Return of the King, Titanic? We're talking. It was the first one to win eleven Oscars. It, it is, oh. yeah. It won, uh, yeah, eleven Oscars, including best film, um, best director was was William Wyler who directed mm-hmm. this film, and yeah, Charlton Heston was best actor. So, you know, this this film did amazingly well. Cleaned up, yeah. It really did, um, and yeah, obviously a fantastic film that people very much enjoyed. Uh, but, but yeah, the only other films that have been as successful are Titanic and The Return of the King. Mm. Both it's good company. Long, long films. <laughs> Both damn long films. Um, I, I suppose, obviously, films very much of their time are hard, kind of hard to compare to each other. Something like Titanic and Return of the King, we can probably do a more easy comparison because yeah. they're only seven years apart. Yeah. But does this film stack up to either Titanic or Return of the King? Uh, or... Return of the King is also like an epic, mm. in a in a traditional sense. It's but like I think, and pacing. also it's based off two other films. This film had three and a half hours to do what Lord of the Rings had, nine or ten. Mm. Yeah, in the end. So I think the comparison is probably easier done between, and also I think Return of the King had a little bit of the you know forgive me Lord of the Rings fans, Sarah, don't at me. Mm. Um, I think Return of the King also had a little bit of the Leo, we owe this film, we owe the Lord of the Rings films a bit of um, give in a way. Like, you know, we didn't nominate, they barely won any Oscars for anything else. Yeah. um, For Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers. So I think for Return of the King, it was, all right, cool, fine, we'll give them that. And they did it a lot. So I think the Titanic Ben-Hur comparison is quite good, but Titanic is a pretty tight film. Yeah. Even so, though it's long, it, even it, though it's long, it's it's tight. It fits a lot in. Yeah, for it, like it's also got Billy Zane. Yes, this film does not have Billy Zane. No, it doesn't have. You know, it's that's worse for uh, my obsession is being in films with Billy Zane in it on this podcast. Okay, it's mm. it's an accident, but I really like it. Mm. Um, so I think that's the comparison. I think that's it. Like 
also Titanic's over five days. This film's over over three years. Well, technically, it's over thirty-three years because we see the life and death of yeah. the birth and death of Jesus. Oh, true, yes. But, but if you start from like you know twenty-six AD when the actual film starts, so yeah, it's about seven or eight. Years so it's twenty-six story. to thirty-three. So yeah. that's seven years. Yeah. Overall. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, and I think you you know there's more to do there, but I don't think it's as tight. But mm. maybe that's our own personal taste. Could be. World building, I guess, is also something else that can be thrown in there as a defense of it. Would you say? It's a great technical achievement. Mm. It's, it's got a lot. I mean, I think like our main gripe really, besides blackface, is just... And the misogyny. Long pauses. like, mm. uh, And especially because you haven't got like music in a lot of scenes. <laughs> it would be really easy to just grab, just the rip it off the DVD and then just like cut <laughs> out bits yeah. without yeah. losing any content or any mm. section of a scene. Just mm. speed up. And I this think, I think glance, also I think glance, in our time less homoeroticism. <laughs> yeah, I think in this in in our time currently, an overly long film is quite a killer to a film. Like mm. if anything you feel is too long, it's a real mark down on it. Yeah, like you end up with your Batman versus Superman. We're like, oh, that film was so long. Mm. Like, and then you know, but if it's a film that deserves that length, then you're more okay with it. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, it's not bad though, is it? Like it's, no, you know, no, it's, it's good. Like it's, I, I was worried about it aging. Real rainy day film. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah maybe it, even do your laundry, do your, do your riding while yeah. watching it. Yeah. No, you've, you've got, you've got time. Like we, we, there was an intermission. We had lunch in the intermission. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was totally fine. Um, but yeah. The it, film started playing while we were still cooking. We're like, oh yeah, we'll get there. Like yes. it's, it's, it's fascinating to have a film actually stop and tell you it's intermission. Mm. Like, uh, like, Film early films really were kind of like theater yeah. put onto yeah. like celluloid. Like you went out, you dressed, and you, yeah. yeah. And this like really feels like it has just kept a lot of theater traditions, um, and we just we've just moved into the realm of like bigger sets, mm. just mm. and that's what it's doing. But it's still theater, um, and that intermission just really that hits, hits hammers that home. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, would you guys like some trivia about Ben-Hur? Sure. All right. Uh, the trivia, all taken from IMDb, starts thusly. This is the only Hollywood film to make the Vatican-approved film list in the category of religion. Really? This is the only film about religion that the Vatican is like... Is there a Vatican list? This is a, well, it, what other categories does the Vatican have? Like, does The Pope <laughs> is like, this is the best sci-fi film. <laughs> this rom-com is, <laughs> is excellent. Guys, Gattaca. Gotta see Gattaca. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Vatican film list. Mm. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I think it is interesting that, yeah, they'd be looking at this and going, yep. Yeah. And again, it ties into that. Fact oh, it's the Vatican best film list oh. as well, apparently, oh. according Ooh. to. On the occasion of the 100th anniversary of cinema in 19, sorry, 1995, the Vatican completed a list of great films. The 45 films divided into three characters, religion, values, and art. I thought it was going to um, say, like, horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The uh, Exorcist. Yeah, thriller. Um, <laughs> superhero. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's Ben-Hur. Um, it's not really a list if it's one film. Isn't yeah, it? no, no, no. I'm going through them going, yeah. the other ones all sound like they're religious. Like, you know, The Flowers of St. Francis. Mm. Francesco. It's a film from 1989. It's got is, a big Is Sister Act in there? That's that... The Gospel. No, no. Uh, the Life and Passion of Christ from 1903. Mm. A Man for All Seasons. Mm. Okay. 
Um, I haven't seen it. Uh, Nazarene, a... The Passion of Joan of Arc, 1928 film. On the, the Pope's birthday, you should do a Vatican movie list <laughs> yeah. special. Yeah. Look, if... Look, if, if, if... Oh, Au revoir, Léophant mm. is on there, um, which is... Accidentally became the um, basis for Reservoir Dogs. Ah, um, so Reservoir Dogs should be okay. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, look, look. If if His Holiness wants to come Gandhi. on the podcast, um, oh, Gandhi, Gandhi's on it. The the actual Ben Kingsley one, right? Well, you uh, know, it's a Wonderful Life. I mean, that is a good film. Yeah, and it is about Christmas. I guess that's <laughs> on the water. Oh, Schindler's List. Ah, okay. There you All go. Right. Undervalues. Hmm. Um, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. It's a good film. It's a good film, yeah. It's under art. Um, oh, Fantasia. Ah. Fantasia's on the list. That's interesting. Under art. Um, Little Women from 1933. Mm-hmm. Metropolis. It is science fiction. So yeah. yeah. So there we go. Yes, the Pope likes science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, he also likes horror. Nosferatu's on the list. <laughs> okay. Which part would this have been in imagery. That was mm. Jean-Paul II. Yeah, it would have been. Okay, okay. N- number 44 was 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, God. Number 45 is a film that you've covered, Stephen, oh, with yeah. Carmen, The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Yeah, The Wizard of Oz is the last one on the, fi- on the list. Yeah. Right. Um, under art. Well, I mean, um, the Catholic Church wasn't big on witches and neither was Dorothy, <laughs> so that might be... Water, guys! Like, it's holy water! Yeah. Oh. Um, look... If His Holiness oh, well. would like to come on the podcast and review <laughs> any of the films, I would I be... I don't think you're getting John Paul II. No, no, not him. But, like, you know, any of the current... Whoever the current pontiff is I, at the any time... Of, any of the current pope. <laughs> yes. The pope. The, the anti-pope. The other pope. <laughs> yeah. Look, any anybody from the Vatican, if you yeah, want to come Anybody whose on, last name was Pope. Yeah. Uh, you want to come on and just do a, do a you know, a nice... Uh, the, the, Catholic Cinema Catch-Up Club, whatever. Um, cinema Catch-Up Club. Yeah, the Cinema Catholic Club. By all means, uh, I, I would love... This is an open invitation <laughs> to the head of the Catholic Church and other is... religious organizations. If you want to come on, we'll so have you the on. The Queen. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet the Queen, the queen has, has got some really interesting things Yeah, the King's Speech. Could we watch the film The Queen with Helen Mirren with the Queen? Do you think she'd be down for that? Uh, I don't know. She might not be amused. Mm. No, different queen. Different queen. Different queen. Yeah. She, she, do you does, think she, she does want to break free. What, yeah, I was going to say. Different w- queen w- again. Would she watch Bohemian Rhapsody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this isn't about me at all. Yeah. Um, trivia point number two. <laughs> two. <laughs> um, now we need to get distracted for a bit. This is a very Ben-Hur theme. Yeah. We've got to go on a bit of a different tour for a bit. Mm. Uh, the sum wagered by Masala against the Sheikh uh, of four to one odds on 1,000 talents would be the modern day equivalent of approximately... $660 million. <laughs> so that was a big bet. Big bet. Ouch. Mm. And like, we had no basis to know whether Masala was any good at chariot racing. Mm. It wasn't bad, but... He, I mean, he was winning yeah. for a lot of time. He just got, yeah, got a bit un- cocky and unlucky at the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that, that was pod racing. Mm. The chariot race itself required 15,000 extras on a set constructed on 18 acres of backlot... Um, and in a studio outside Rome, the uh, Cine- outside Rome, yeah, it was outside Rome. It was the uh, Cinesetta Studios. Uh, tour buses visited the set every hour. Eighteen chariots were built, with half being used for practice, and the race took five weeks to film. Wow, 
Mm. It was good, though. Like it, It's so good. It's, it's great. Yeah, that was the best bit of it. Actual cast of thousands. Mm. Yeah. I, now I, we could do it with like 100 people, just a few costume just copy changes. Paste, and copy, copy, paste, paste. Yeah. Different cost, mm. yeah, change the colour hue so the shirts change. Mm. Uh, during the 18-day auction of MGM props, costumes and memorabilia that took place in 1970 when uh, new studio owner Kirk... Kirkorean, actual name, uh, was liquidating the studio's assets. A Sacramento restaurateur paid $4,000 for a chariot that was used in the film. Three years later, during the energy crisis, he was arrested for driving the chariot on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) He had the horses in the wrong order. That was a problem. That's just just a very, very pleasing pleasing image. Um, but yes, and as we mentioned before, this was the first of three films to have won 11 Academy Awards along with Titanic and Return of the King. Uh, several of the categories won by Titanic and Return of the King didn't exist in Ben Hur's day. Yeah, well, I mean, Titan- I, th- I know Return of the King won no actor Oscars. Yeah. So that's probably part of it as well. Like, you know, Best Special Effects wouldn't have been something they could win. Mm. No, no, Best Special Effects is an old one. Mm, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it used to be just war movies. Ah, okay. Be yeah. like, oh, wow, you've done really good explosions of that plane. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the desert sequences were all set to be filmed in Libya until authorities in the country, which is a Muslim nation, realised that the film was promoting Christianity. The government ordered MGM out of the country, uh, forcing the studio to shift filming to Spain, which uh, had Just a jump desert. across the Mediterranean. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So they were like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> oops. Uh, the production cost MGM a massive, for the time, $15 million. <laughs> and yeah, and it was a gamble for the studio to save itself from bankruptcy. The gamble paid off. The film earned $75 million. And MGM never went bankrupt again. No. Never. <laughs> that was saved. Saved forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can we convert that into modern day money? By all means. Yep. While, while you do that conversion, I will let you know that Martha Scott was 45 at the time of filming, only 10 years older than her on-screen son, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, yeah. Uh, she also played Heston's mother in The Ten Commandments. Ah, oh, she was... I can't remember Moses' she mother's was, name. Ma- Mama Moses. Yeah, Mama Moses, Mama Moses too. here we go again. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, I mean, technically, um, the character of Miriam doesn't have a name from the original book. She's just yeah. known as uh, the mother. Original book, the Bible. The mother of... No, the, the, the book Ben-Hur. <laughs> oh, the book Ben-Hur. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I thought we were still talking about Moses. She's, um, no, we're on Ben-Hur. She's known as the mother of her um, okay. in the book. But in the film, they were like, oh, we need, she needs a name. So yeah. they called her Miriam. Desiring as much authenticity as possible, real aristocrats were recruited <laughs> to play uh, partitions as guests in the party sequence. <laughs> so amongst... Uh, Amongst the extras in that scene, <laughs> these are the real aristocrats who appeared. Emmanuel Rispoli, Count Marigliano del Monte, Duchess Nona Medici and Prince Raimondo of Italy, Count Santiago Arnetto of Spain, Princess Nina Hohenlohe of Austria and her husband the prince, Princess Irina Wasilikov of Russia and Baroness Lillian de Balzo of Hungary. And the, and the cost was okay. So fifteen million dollars in nineteen fifty nine, uh, in two thousand and nineteen would be one hundred and thirty two million. Hmm. Yeah, which is actually cheaper than a lot of epics now, yeah. which cost upwards of two hundred, two hundred or something like that. Okay, now how much would that be in drachma, which was the currency they were using in the greatest <laughs> story ever told in um in Ben Hur? Too many Roman numerals to write. Yeah, X X X L L. Jesus Christ was played by American opera singer Claude Heater. 
His name is Claude Heater. Heater re- as in like as in a gas powered. Yeah. I just really like that name. Uh, he was uncredited for his only film role because he never spoke. He's from Oakland, California. There you go. Yeehaw. So he had literally California hippie hair. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, good singer, apparently. Yeah. Just uh, imagine the Sermon on the Mount, but in opera. <laughs> Are you Nessendorma? There must be some Christian opera. I think, I think it's just called um, Psalms, really. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Psalm Rock or something like that. An infirmary was created especially for filming of the dangerous chariot race scenes. However, very few injuries were actually sustained, most of them being related to sunburn. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they they did do okay with the safety by the sounds mm. of it. And all on, um, on Life of Brian, because it was kind of filmed, at least in the same general area around the Mediterranean, mm. that... Graham Chapman, who was a doctor, would sometimes, like, you know, just be a doctor for some people on set when they'd, like, sunburnt themselves or done something. You'd come yeah. along, right, oop, there you go. George Miller as well during Mad Max. Yeah, he's yeah. a doctor. Well, yeah, his medical background was yeah. what inspired Mad Max. He saw all these people coming off motorbikes and being injured, and he went, hmm, hmm, I could make a film about this. This road's, <laughs> this road's got some fury. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. Um, Happy feet. <laughs> Maybe not so much. Baby People dancing in the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot my shoes. Ow, ow, ow. Oh, it's oh, like, oh. I could make a film about this. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen was a screen test. <laughs> now, I knew this would make you laugh. I know Leslie Nielsen yeah. was a serious actor yeah. before Airplane. He'd done Forbidden Planet a couple of years previously and had been yeah. very dashing and handsome and all that yeah. serious acting. But Leslie Nielsen made a screen test for the part of Masala. Uh, which can be seen in the documentary from 1993, Ben-Hur, The Making of an Epic. <laughs> Quest for glory. Mm. Freeing my family. Uh, sorry, arresting my family. Surely you can't be serious. I, I am. am serious. Don't call me Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, just because I know like Lizzie Nielsen, I, I always wonder whether he is the best or the worst comedic actor because mm. it's half the jokes about Lizzie Nielsen is that he doesn't know that he's being funny. Mm. So, yeah. I honestly think he, to, to really go away from Ben-Hur and talk about Leslie <laughs> Nielsen's Nielsen, comedy yeah. career, I don't think you can be as, I don't think you can put in a performance as well as he did in something like the Naked Gun films mm. and not know exactly what you're doing yeah. in terms of that. I think with, with Airplane, he very much, I don't think he totally knew how yeah. silly he was being. But once it clicked. Yeah, then he's like, oh, lean in. Yeah. And yeah, he's fantastic. And it's a shame he's not in Ben Hur because that would have been really <laughs> fun seeing him do the death scene with his legs. It's like, no, wait. Yeah. I must see him. <laughs> throw the spears, and then one goes to limb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. Mm. Uh, so, with all that being said and done, yeah. let's score Ben Hur. Um, not just the scenes where people are talking. Yes, no, we're going to score the, the whole thing. Jason, it was your first time watching Ben Hur. So you get to score the film first. What would you give Ben-Hur out of 10? Oh, I would give it six and a half. No, actually, Matt, I'm going to give it six um, cabbages thrown down at lepers when you can actually get there a lot easier if you just go to the other side of the tiny leper valley. Mm. It's more of a, just a hole. Yeah. Um, yeah, six. I think, naturally, I think I would give it a seven, but I don't know. I just don't feel like you need to watch this film. Okay. Like, I, I don't feel like I've learned any more. I, well, I feel like I may have learned a little, mm. but it's nothing that I don't think I would have been able to fill in in terms of cinema history and okay. understanding of those kind of films. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so mm. I think it was 
It was good, but I, I kind of feel pointless. I don't think I'd really ever recommend it to anyone unless they feel a need to look at epics. Well, I'm sorry for wasting your afternoon. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> David, what about you? Uh, what are you giving Ben here? Oh, that's pretty good. Um, just to note what you said about, oh, I don't think people have to see it. You could just watch the chariot scene. Mm. And, yeah. uh, and that's it. Like You'd be like, wow, this is a massive epic. Mm. Yeah. L- look at the scale of the set, 15,000 extras. And this is the one scene that always gets the pop culture reference. And there's the, essentially the chariot. An, yeah, and there's essentially an hour after that too. Yeah, where he has to go see his parents, decide well to see his mum and daughter and daughter sister, decide not to see them, think about it for a bit, go back and see him, take him to Jesus, get converted to Christianity, get converted to miracle, Christianity, come very, back. Yeah, not raise an army. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> should I raise an army? Nah, nah. Oh. Just 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 wait for the rain. Yeah. It feels. Have you seen Australia? Yes, like just the film. No, we no, did we no. did it for this podcast about oh. two years ago. Oh wow, yeah, it feels kind of like Australia. Like Australia is this big epic, um, and then like partway through, like, and that's the movie. Oh wait, no, we still have to bomb Darwin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like we've we've got more to go after, and you're just like, but Messina's dead. Like, like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. done. It's over. Yeah, yeah, it's two stories. It's over, Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> you he, have the he, high ground. He had the low ground because he was under horses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, look, there are some very good things about this film. There's some fantastic performances. There's some bad things about this film. <laughs> um, and the pacing really could just be improved. But, I mean, like... I didn't suffer during this film, I mm. don't feel, like, which is a good achievement yeah, for a yeah, three no, and a no, half I hour didn't, film. I didn't suffer either. Yeah, you didn't suffer. You, mm. yeah, if you were bored, you looked away for a bit and then you came back and it was yeah. kind of something different enough or mm. something had changed to make you go, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good story. Why don't I always get like, tongue twisted in this this podcast it's like 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 in the vicar of dibley yes did you like this film uh um yeah i'm gonna give it like seven chariots out of ten there you go i feel like yeah yeah look it's i think i think i i'm glad i've seen it i think it is worth seeing but i also don't think it's something that you should Put to the top of your list no. of having to see. Um, I I'm glad that I've seen it. I think it's interesting to see just how influential it actually was, mm. um, and to sort of see. We we already know the impact because we've seen the things it has impacted. Yeah. But going back to see what it looked like, I think is. It, it's certainly I at least um, I I think it's been good, but it's not a great film. Um, it is it is a film that achieved greatness but i don't think on a contemporary view it had greatness thrust upon it yeah yeah it's very much um just it stands out for being a remarkable achievement of the time mm. but you know, this was wow what yeah. else can cinema do and mm. what we enjoy is exactly that what cinema can do after that yeah it yeah, an important uh stepping stone in the path mm. we have taken through cinema um but it's too long it's yeah. it's too long that that is you know it's it, a killer. It it really does. It really does affect. And we, the film. Like we, it's as no a, end game. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and it's, it, it doesn't. It doesn't earn its length. Mm. Kind of by the end of it, I almost felt more like I wanted Ben Hur to get his redemption because I almost felt like I was Stockholm syndromed into it. Like yeah. I've just been with this guy for so long, and I've watched him suffer and shape lips and slightly grow a beard, slightly grow a beard, <laughs> and slightly get his hair a little bit long. Like he mm. really wanted to copy his best friend Jesus. Yeah, and then. Then I think 
then he has a good time and he has a good life and then he questions that good life. Mm. But by the end of it, you're just like, I just want you to be happy because mm. I've just been with you for so long now that I'm going to see to the end of it. Like I almost felt like at certain points, I'm like, end now. Yeah. End now. End now. And it was probably half an hour of just, you can end now. You can yeah. end now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for me... Just Jesus reach over, touch him. They're fine. He can go off and be crucified. We don't need to see that. Yeah. 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 It could have been bam, 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 bam. All the heroic trumpet music. So, um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it six um, birth announcement trumpets <laughs> out of ten. I just... We, we're all like, when, when that guy starts blowing in Bethlehem, as soon as, like, Christ is born in the manger, you're like, we just got him to sleep. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah. Look, it's... It's it's an interesting film and it's an important film, but it's it's far too long. Uh, I, I don't really think there's much else that you can say about it. Uh, that's our main criticism. Mm. And mm. the blackface. And the blackface. <laughs> and the blackface. Yeah. Damn, yeah. I really did not remember that as a child. <laughs> no, no, funny that. Um, but yes, uh, Jason and David, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. You're very, you owe us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we we might be doing Gone with the Wind in a couple of weeks. Have you seen Gone with the Wind? No, I haven't. Have right. you? No. No. One of us <laughs> will be spared. One of us. A thousand ducats on me. <laughs> ducats. What are they? Drachma. Drama. Um, you can do it. I don't give a damn. Talents. Yeah. Talents. Talents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Jason David, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us. If you uh, actually watch the film uh, as well as listening to the podcast, which I know some of you do out there, well done. You made it. Um, We've we've all done it. Um, And if you haven't watched the film, it's probably worth a look at. Um, But yes, thank you very much for listening in. Uh, We're on Facebook. You can Mm -hmm. go there and uh, leave us your comments. Tell us which bits you'd have cut out of this film to, to make it shorter. Maybe the... The scene with the shake in the tent with his uh, horse children, you know, it's kind of yeah. like that didn't really advance the plot. It was fun, uh, but yeah, you yeah, you, know, you can leave those comments on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch Up Club there. We're also available to be subscribed to. You'll get a fresh episode each and every week on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify or you know, wherever podcasts live. Just look for us there. And of course, there is the Patreon uh, where you can become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodie extras. Just search for us at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast but that is all for this week so until next time i am spartacus (laughs) truly this man was the son of god now this is pod racing You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.